0: Thank you, Eric. Thank you, music team. How's everybody doing today? Sweet. It's not a very lovely day outside, if you think of it from a Winnie the Pooh standpoint. It's actually a very blustery, dreary day. I don't know why I had to say that, but... All right. I get to talk today about, once again, spiritual mastery and last week we spoke about the designing of our lives through love, imagination, and wisdom and um, Reverend Price did that, that talk and he, I liked the quote that he did for the um, the spiritual practice how many of you... Practice the spiritual practice over the last week that he gave? You're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure we did. How many of you over the last, is this the fifth week? Over the last five weeks have practiced with any one of the powers that we've been studying? Oh, there we go. There we got some hands now. That's good. Because we're doing a lot in a very short period of time. Uh, Over the years, Unity Worldwide has done a yearly uh, program with the powers, where we would take one power each month. So asking you to do this in seven weeks is a little, you know, it's a little bit of a challenge, but I know that you guys are up for it. I know that everybody that's here and everybody that's watching on the live stream Um, are doing so because they want to practice that spiritual mastery within themselves. And today, we get to talk about my favorite power, and that is will, order, and elimination. And most of you know that my favorite one, obviously, is elimination because I like to declutter. I like to declutter my own house, I like to declutter other people's houses, Um, I like to remove things from people's lives that no longer serve them. And as a coming minister, that will be my focus in my ministry. I want to help people to see for themselves what's in them that no longer serves them and that they can release and let go of. So that's kind of my goal. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. So I wanted to start with will. And I think these three powers work together uh, really well, and hopefully I'll tie that together for you by the end. Will, as according to um, Reverend Sharon Connors, is the great permission giver. And I liked that definition that she gave in the book that it is uh, being willing to be willing, that it is allowing yourself the choice to make in any circumstance. So I had the choice to listen to that still small voice within me that said, you want to become a minister. And I was like, no, I don't. And then it said, yes, you do really. And, I, and so I had to listen to that and I had to make a choice whether I was going to listen to that uh, and make that divine choice or not. And I chose to do so. So there might be something in your lives, something that that you have thought about, that you're not sure of what to do. In that case, what we want to do is we want to give that to God's will. Remember Jesus said, it's not my will, but thy will be done. And so what we're talking about when we're talking about choosing and about the power of will is we're talking about that divine essence that turning over to God, that allowing that to happen. So it's not that you don't make a personal choice, because you do. You still have to act on whatever that feeling is, whatever that um, nervousness or excitement or whatever that feeling is that you get when you make those choices. because. You you also need to look at it from a prayer and meditation standpoint. When I have a tough choice, I like to talk to my friends about it. And in the past, I have been very much persuaded by persuaded by my friends to do what they think sounds the best. And in this case, with going into ministry, I had a few people that didn't think that that was my best option and wanted and and made sure to tell me, Um, which is okay because they're my friends and they just care about me and they want me to do good, do well. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So when I was thinking and contemplating about whether this was really the right choice for me or not, I had to go within. I had to look at what was good for me, not necessarily what was good for everyone outside of me. I had to think about it from God's perspective, and I had to let let it go in that prayer and in that meditation. And what I heard was, yes, this is yours to do. This is how it works. And so through the years of going through ministry and everything, I have increased amount of time I spent in prayer and meditation. So even in the last five weeks, my first week that I did my talk was what, two two weeks ago? Um, I was a little bit nervous. The talk I did before that, I was a lot more nervous. The talk before that, I was like freaking scared. But this week when I went into it, I, I... practiced my prayer and meditation each day and I went to God and I said, what is mine to say? What is mine to do? And I wrote out what I was going to say and I took notes. And I made sure that my point was going to be given from the heart and from the soul and not necessarily just from me telling you what you need to hear. Because we all know what the powers are for, at least those of us that have been here a while. So that is our power of will, and it is a surrendering to the divine will that is not weak, but an opening up to those divine ideas, like I said. That's another quote that she gives in the book, and I really like that one, the surrendering to the divine, to open up to divine ideas, because that gives you the freedom to make choices, but also to let it go to your higher power and understand what is really yours to do. So then there's order. And Sharon Connors has a good quote for that as well in the book. It says that order is the idea of harmonious progress. It is the innate urge to grow toward a balanced and happy life. And I think about that an an order and then I automatically go like this and it's like, oh well it's like a scale. I never really thought about divine order as being that balance that you need in your life. You know, when we talk about things, well it's all in divine order, it's gonna happen in divine order, do we really know what that means? We're it's like we're saying, Well, you know, God'll take care of it but God does, and God will take care of it, but we also have to know that it will harmonize with whatever else is in our lives that we need to uh, work through. So personally, when I found out that, you know, Reverend Joanne was leaving, I thought, well, that's going to be really horrible. But then I thought, well, look at what happens for me. The divine order is that I get to speak a little bit more. I get to talk to my friends. Somebody said, well, maybe you should go and talk to other churches, too. I'm like, but they're not my friends. Not yet. Not yet. Thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> um, because I thought, well, that would be a little bit more scary because they are people I don't know. And then what would, what would I do? But I know that in divine order that that's eventually going to be what happens because that's how it progresses, right? You start out with the things you know how to do and the things that you want to do. And then you get called into some other things that maybe are a little bit more challenging, that give you a little bit more pause. And then you still trust. You trust in the faith that you have. And that brings you through in divine order to what is yours to do. I'm just going to pause for a second. So again, it's about that um, spiritual balance. And she talks about it uh, being spiritually fit and being open to divine ideas through meditation and prayer. So I talked about that before with Will. So again, it's another tool that we can use to get us through to whatever that divine idea is, whatever that divine order is for us. And then she also talks about forgiveness. And I, she talks about it in both the chapter for release, but she also talks about it a little bit in the chapter for order. And, and I really thought about that. I was like, well, forgiveness is allowing yourself to be open to divine ideas. It's about letting go of those things that no longer serve you and letting in those things that you need and that you desire in your life. So I thought that forgiveness was another tool, just like prayer and meditation. How how many of you have ever heard of Ho'oponopono? Just about everybody. So for those of you that haven't heard of it, it is an ancient Hawaiian prayer and it, the basic is that it's a forgiveness prayer. And in the English translation, it's roughly, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. And so what you're doing in the prayer is not necessarily forgetting whatever happened in the situation that you're in, but allowing yourself to see that it happens, show the gratitude that whatever happens because of that will be for our highest and best, and to allow us the opportunity to forgive not just ourselves, but others for any discretion. And then to remember to bring in that love, to bring in that divine love that everyone needs and deserves and that is apparent in every one of us. So I do that prayer all the time as part of my elimination practice. It is one that I learned uh, about, I don't know, in 2008 or 9 was when the book came out, uh, Zero Limits by Joe Vitale. And uh, our uh, my fellow speaker, Laverne Wilson, who uh, spoke the first couple weeks of the of the program, um she led a book discussion on that uh in the basement of an insurance office. It was a lot of fun. And at that time I had a huge issue with a person that was in my office. He was just really mean and nasty to people, not just me but to everybody, but I I took it personally for you know against you know for myself. And when we were learning this this prayer I was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start saying this prayer. Not to him, but to myself. To ask for forgiveness for anything that I have done to make him treat me that way. And what I noticed over the couple of weeks when I did that prayer was that one day he came in and said, I'm sorry, I'm such a jerk, but I really need your help today. I was like just apologized for... and and that had never happened before. So I continued, and I continued to pray. And I, I knew, you know, that um, I was trying to be more loving and to be more compassionate and empathic because I have no idea why he's being the way he is. I mean, it could have just been his nature or he could have been having a rough day himself. You know, he could have been getting pressure from his boss. You just, we just really don't know. So I continued that practice. Ho'oponopono. And then a couple weeks later, he comes in and he's like, you know, I really appreciate everything that you do. You're always willing to help me. You're always fast at getting it done. And so I'm really, you know, that's why I come to you every time because I know that you're going to help me. I'm like, wow, this this stuff's really happening. This is really working. And, um, so then I I just continued to do it because I still felt a little bit of resentment, you know, like he's he's being nice to me, but is he really being nice to me, or you know, like it was it was all with, within me that I needed to clear. So I continued to do that, and then a couple weeks after that, maybe a couple months after that, he moved on to another position where I didn't have to work with him at all, and he turned into a completely different person. Now, did he really become a completely different person, or did I become a completely different person? Because I started to view him differently because of that prayer. So to me, that it, it sounds like it's a miracle, that it's um, something that, that just doesn't happen. So I said, well, if it's going to work in this situation, I'm going to try it in other situations as well. So I have some difficult family members. And I have one that lives in another country. Um, I don't get to see him very often. And sometimes it's difficult to communicate with him, not just because we're not in the same country, but because he has just very different ideas about things in life than I do. And so I've continued to do that prayer of forgiveness for myself. And I have seen a transformation in both myself and in him where we have better communication than we ever used to. That he's open to more things within the family. You know, we still don't get to see him because he can't just fly to the U.S. at any time we want him to, especially over the last couple of years. But. It's been a blessing to be able to have him in my life and to still be able to communicate with him and still be able to share um, my life's interests with him. So forgiveness to me is a huge part of the power of elimination. The other piece of elimination to me, I talked about, you know, that I I like clutter. I don't like clutter. I like releasing clutter. (laughs) Um, and Charles Fillmore called it the clutter of the mind, not just the physical clutter. Although they both have their, um, I can't think of the word, I've eliminated that from my vocabulary. Um, they, they all have their parts. So the physical happens because, in many times, because of our unconscious or subconscious thoughts. And so as we start to eliminate physical clutter, we can also open up our minds to other ideas and divine ideas that can fill us with new hope and new uh, divine order. But when we're talking about those divine ideas or those error thoughts in our minds that are no longer serving us, I think of the times where I thought, I'm not good enough to be up here and talk to people. I don't know what I'm doing. Boy, am I scared. I think of those thoughts that I've had over the last couple of years. And I do my whole Pono prayers on those, those ideas. And I know that I'm getting better, not because you guys are telling me, but you are. So don't forget to tell me after. But because I feel differently, because I am getting to that place where I know that I'm in the right place and that I'm making the right choices and that I'm here for a reason. Now, not everybody is meant to be a minister. That's not actually true because we all minister to each other in some form. We all care about each other. We all take time to show compassion and love and empathy. We all help each other out with those choices that we need to make. We all help each other with those divine ideas to come to the right order. And we all help eliminate those things in our lives that we no longer need. So while I might be getting a paper that says I'm a minister, and then I can do all kinds of cool things like marry people and... and um, Well, maybe. I don't know. Shirley does it all the time. I don't know how she does that. I, I love... um I love that he is a a minister as well. I've never thought about those kinds of things. All I know is that when I go out, out into the world as a minister, my thought is that I want to help people to see in themselves what is already there, what is already divine, what is already inherent, and what is already beautiful and perfect. And if I do that just for one person every week, and I do that for the next 20 years, I don't know what's the math, Greg. A thousand and forty people all have made a difference in their lives. Thank you. <laughs> He's so funny. So um, I do have one more quote that I wanted to um, say. Um And this one I think is really important this is on on page 140 of the book and it talks about the power of divine release the power of divine release engenders renewed resilience it cleanses the mind and heart it shapeshifts our thinking while freeing our hearts of fears resentments and all manner of life-depleting emotions and memories. It is as if we wipe the hard drive of our mind clean of junk files. And gradually, our consciousness can be returned to its clear, pristine state. And I think all three of those powers together are what we use to edit ourselves to move us through all of those other powers. Without making a choice, without listening to that still small voice, we're stuck. Without letting go of the things that no longer serve us, we get stuck. And when we're not open to those divine ideas to make those divine right choices, we stay stuck. So the song that Eric sang was talking about, I feel the call for something more. I feel the call of something that I've never felt before. And that to me is what using these three powers will do. It helps you edit your life to open up to something that you've never understood before or never known before, and then allows you to work with a clean slate, and then to write your own story from here on out. So with that comes practice, right? Our spiritual practice. Our spiritual practice. Maybe I forgot to put it on the slide. I'll just start. Okay, so start your days this week by seeking God's will. I love you, Ed. Don't look at that. Unless it's the right thing. Start your days this week by seeking God's will. Write down what comes to you and act on it and notice the result. So I've done that several times through my practice um, in my classes. I I make a list of all the things that are coming up in my brain, whether they're bothering me or excite me or whatever. I just make a list of all those things. And then I can go through and I circle the ones that I think need the most attention on them. And then I can do my practices, my prayer, my meditation, and my forgiving. Be acutely present to your thoughts and practice releasing any of them that are life-diminishing or self-diminishing. Create a denial and an affirmation and turn your focus immediately to something else that is useful. And that's one thing I forgot to talk about um, was denials and affirmations. Most of us know what affirmations are because they're positive statements that we make to encourage us and to move us forward. But the denial is just as important. That's an act of releasing, just like in that act of releasing. So you're allowed to say, this thought of unworthiness has no power over me. I am a child of God, and I have something to say. So that's a denial and an affirmation in 30 seconds. If you have any other questions about denials, you can ask me after a service. but i think um I think we should move on to the next portion of our day. so thank you all.